How are y'all doing? <laughs> oh, man. We all look good this morning. Appreciate everyone and praying for those that aren't feeling well, that they recover quickly in the name of Jesus. And this morning, um, last time I was up here, I was... The message I had, it says, do we burn for love of Jesus? And I uh, wanted to talk about the cost. It's really been on my, on my heart. Not only for myself, but for, for us as a body, you know. Um, and so... I've been studying the book of Daniel, um, and it's been pretty interesting because it's been a long time since I've really gone back and read read the story and the what he what he went through. And there's been a few times in the past when I think in the pre-word Chad has mentioned him about how thankful he was. And it always just, uh, I don't know, it just struck something in my spirit and, and I just really couldn't get him off, the story off my mind. So I started researching and reading, reading about Daniel. And I'm going to start in Daniel 1.8. That's where I'm going to read in just a minute. But I want to concentrate on, on his obedience in in his life when everything was against him. You know, everything was telling him not to. And I think the question for myself and maybe many of us is, do we have those places in our life, you know, when we're presented with in our workplace, in our daily life, we all have these these obedience opportunities. That'd be a better way to say it. That are we taking those? Are we being obedient to the Lord in those areas of our life? And in this first chapter, um, you know, I I've, I've studied this all week, and then I I listened to a couple of sermons by Charles Spurgeon about his. He was teaching on Daniel, and he. It was a question. His sermon says, "Dare to be a Daniel," you know, and he's preaching this message in the 1800s. You know, it was really—I don't know—I I'm, I'm really love history, you know, and the different cultures and our where we're at. And so the culture is way different back then than it is now. But it was very interesting to me to to hear his take on Daniel's life. And, you know, as we start here, I'm going to read about where the king wanted these men to take, to eat their certain meats and drink their certain wine. And Daniel um, chooses not to do this, you know. And so you think about Daniel was stolen from his home, um, castrated. I mean, his whole life was just started out pretty rough. 
for a godless kingdom that was serving idols and doing things. And if I put myself in his position, if I've everything's been taken away for me to serve this kind of a kingdom, could I still come to the Lord in prayer and thanksgiving and thank him? You know, could I think it's a good place to question ourselves? So how this is all adapting to the cost, you know, are we, are we willing to go through the cost to have this burning love for Christ? No matter, no matter the cost, because it's going to be, our mind should be about Christ Jesus and not about resurrecting ourself in, in these times. So I think in all of our workplaces, each one of you here, and I can do the same thing, we can, we can ask ourselves in, that, in this circumstance when we profess to be a believer of Christ Jesus, and we're asked to do something that doesn't necessarily seem wrong, right? But we know in our heart that it's not pure, it's not righteous. Are we going to be willing to burn for Jesus in such a way and make a stand in a respectful way to say, I'm not going to live an unclean life and I'm not going to serve that idol. I serve only one God. Are we willing for that cost in our life? Am I willing? Am I willing to make that stand regardless if it's to take my life, um, my job, my family, my home, when, when things start getting touched in those personal ways where it kind of will tell where we're at with our love for Jesus. Does that make sense to you guys? And so these are just some things I really feel like God wanted me to kind of hone in on in our lives is that, you know, you go into reading about Paul and, he's, and then as you're reading in Luke when Jesus says, um, count the cost of what you're, what you're stepping into. And when we're so in love with Christ, then these things aren't going to hold weight on us. But I think for me, it's hard to understand Daniel's position when we live in America. Does that make sense? When there's, it's easy for anything. Like it's, entertainment. Um, I mean, everything here is pretty, pretty easy right now as we know it. And so we, as they're saying in worship today, we, um, we stand on our rights, don't we? Like, isn't that what we're taught as an American? You know, you have your rights. But then when we come in and give our lives to Christ Jesus, we realize that we have no rights. So how do we think, how do we adapt to Daniel's mindset when we don't even have a clue? Like his life started so much, so hard. And our lives start pretty, pretty easy for most of us. Most of us, they're pretty simple. And that's why I love listening to these missionaries. Like when Hogan and his different guys come and realize what they go through to preach the gospel. Like, oh man, like 
we have a hard time showing up to church when everything's perfect. We, we as an American have a hard time doing the fundamentals of the gospel when everything's pretty simple. Y'all hear me in here? Sounds pretty quiet. So um, it's pretty, pretty simple. So I love listening to these guys when they have to walk hours and hours and when I hear that they, they ride a horse or whatever, like I understand these guys aren't riding $100,000 horses. And so when, when you understand that kind of stuff, it's not comfortable. The kind of horses they're probably having to ride, you, you know, if any of you in here rode all day long on a $100,000 horse, you're going to be sore. But any of us ride on a horse like they're having to ride, like <clears throat> I don't know exactly, but I kind of know because I was... I worked on some ranches on the Mexican border, and those the horses they rode were terrible, like hurt, calluses on you for days, and having to put bacon grease on you for days to, to get the bulls out. Like we don't think about the sacrifices people make when we can jump in our car and run down the road. And then if a pastor doesn't do something just right and say something just right, we get offended and we're going to go to the next place that will adapt to our comfortable place and our mindsets. Y'all hear me in here? So I, I really want us to, to think about the cost of the gospel, but not in our American standard. Think about where Daniel was in the life that he chose to live for Christ Jesus, <clears throat> we don't have a clue what he went through. When all his manhood and everything was stripped and he was stolen and forced to serve a kingdom and serve these Babylonian idols. And then he was obedient in such a way with such a thankfulness in his heart. Can we be a people like that? Can, this is my prayer this morning, Lord, give me your heart. I don't want to be like another man. I don't want to be like, have this mindset. I want to be like Jesus. And as Chad has taught us, when we say that, what does, what does that entail? When we say, I want to be like Jesus, that's, uh, we're asking for a cost, right? That we know not of. There's a cost that we don't, I don't realize, you know, we don't realize as a, as a people. Well, my prayer this morning as I was coming to church is, Lord Jesus, I don't want to chase after an anointing. I don't want to chase after a certain thing. I want to chase. I want to pursue the heart of Jesus and know what's on his heart. Know what's on his mind. I want to be that, that that's my heart. And the closer and the more I'm coming into knowing Jesus, as we all know and been, been hearing and been teaching, that it's to lay our lives down for someone else. And we think that, well, we can do that for our family, but, but as we've been taught, you know, can we do that for the Judases? Can we do that for the people that, that aren't really for us? And so 
I just want y'all to really hear my heart this morning. I want, I want us to pray, Lord, show us our hearts, expose our minds, that when we call ourselves a believer and say that we're burning, our love burns for Jesus and we burn as a family together for him. What does that mean? That when these areas of our life gets touched, when, if we're in Mexico having to walk two or three hours or half a day or an all day to preach to one person, would we be willing to take the cost? Or is it just convenient to drive in our air-conditioned vehicles 20 minutes to church, hear a word, and turn around and go home and continue our life? Where are we? Where is our hearts? Where, what do we burn? We're going to burn for something. We're going to sacrifice ourselves for one thing or another. What are we going to sacrifice for? What are we going to burn for? This life will pass away. <clears throat> I've been watching my children getting older. It's, it's kind of uh, happy one moment and hard in the other because you're glad to see them grow up. But you're like, man, I've missed some things. <laughs> Lord, give me grace and mercy moving forward. Because the end goal is that my children spend eternity with Jesus. And they love him. It's not about pleasing me. It's about pleasing their father. And I've had it wrong for a lot of parts of my life with my children. I was trying to, to raise my children, which I thought was the American way. Work hard, persevere, do you think for what? But can I teach them to persevere in the kingdom? And, uh, and like we've all know, it's not all of what we say, it's what we live and act. Am I living in such a way that my children want to be like me? That makes sense to you guys? So if y'all want to go with me to Daniel 1.8. I'm going to go back to 1.5. It says, and the king appointed them daily provisions of the king's meat and of wine, and he drank which he drank, so nourishing them three years, that at the, end, at the end thereof they might stand before the king. Now among these were the children of Judah. I'm going to skip down here to verse 8. It says, But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with a portion of the king's meat, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore he requested of the prince of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. Now God had brought Daniel into favor and tender love with the prince of the eunuchs. Daniel purposed in his heart. <clears throat> he, am I the only one in here that has gone into battle hoping for a good result? Has anybody done that? Or is everybody well prepared through their week? <laughs> I've, uh, I think that's where the enemy wants us. The Lord wants a purpose-filled people. 
I'm going to go into this here in a minute, but I love the dedication of Daniel's prayer time. I've had to repent, and I don't know if there's anybody else in here. My dedication of prayer has not been what it needs to be. And I have a pretty easy life. And as I study Daniel's life, he was over much. And so is anybody in here have or given themselves, maybe, but we may not verbally say this, but have you ever verbally given yourself the excuse of, man, I'm really busy. I've got a lot going on. I'm praying, but, but there's an intercessory prayer of, of on your face loving on Jesus in such a way that he can burn your heart for something in someone else other than yourself. Can we, do we understand that? Some of us in here do, but I don't know if all of us do, you know. I want to come to that place. I'm asking the Lord to help me. But if you look at Daniel's life, he had, he, he could have used lots of excuses, correct? But he purposed in himself that Jesus was the lover of his soul. The Father God was everything to him amongst a terrible situation. We have a hard time, like I'm saying, in America when it's pretty simple and easy. This man dedicated himself three times a day. And I, I just trying to get my mind wrapped around his culture. And then I am going to make an excuse in my head telling myself you know, for myself, I have to get up early on my job to get things done. And then I think, well, I was up late. I'm tired. I need a little rest. That's pretty pathetic. When you have a man like Daniel, he purposed in his heart to not defile himself. He purposed in his heart to be persistent upon the small obediences the Lord had him do because he loved the Father. I want a purpose in my heart. If I got to leave the house at four, I get up at two. If I got to leave the house at two, I get up at midnight. How bad do I want to serve this king? How much of a cost is it, am I willing to take? I want that for myself and I want that for the body of Christ. Lord Jesus, help us burn for you in such a way and realize what cost it is. As I was talking to a brother this morning, he was mentioning the things we watch and the, the, the things we hear and the, the things that we dabble in. Are we willing to throw away everything in order to serve a king, to burn for him in such a way? Are we willing to count the cost? Are we, will, are we willing to to truly burn for Jesus? Are we just wanting some pastor leader to do that for us? And something the Lord's been showing me, whenever we commit and we say Jesus is the Lord of our life, we become a leader in that moment. That makes sense? But we want to lay this upon other people. But as we, when we step into those shoes... There's responsibilities that we step into. 
that we can't hand over to someone else anymore. Does that make sense? And I think, like I say, as an American culture, we don't realize responsibility anymore. We don't realize, we, we have, <clears throat> I mean, I don't understand completely. But I want to, I want to take this tenderly and compassionately and, and persevere to be who Jesus wants me to be. And I want to be willing to walk the road that it takes to love my Savior. Because it's not about right now. It's about eternity. And I don't want to get there and have made no effect on the people around me. And I definitely don't want y'all to have to say this about me, that he, he could say this, but he had no character. He had no life to back it up. Lord Jesus, help me. I'm going to go ahead and go and read this in Daniel 6 here. Six one, it pleased Darius to set over the kingdom and a hundred and twenty princesses which should be over the whole kingdom, and over all three presidents of whom Daniel was first, the princess might give accounts unto them, and the king should have no damage. And this Daniel was preferred above the presidents and princes because an excellent spirit was in him, and the king thought to set him over the whole realm. What a neat reputation to have. Then said these men, we shall not find any occasion against Daniel except we find against him in concerning the law of his God. Then these presidents and princes assembled together to the king and said unto him, King Darius, live forever. And the presidents of the kingdom, the governors and the princes, the counselors and the captains have consulted together to establish a royal statue and to make a firm decree that whosoever shall ask a petition of any god or or man for thirty days, save of thee, O king, he shall cast into the den of lions. Now, O king, establish a decree and sign the writing that is to be not changed according to the law of the Medes and Persians, which altereth not. Wherefore, King Darius signed the writings and the decree. Now, when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went to his house and his windows being opened in his chamber towards Jerusalem. He knelt upon his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he did af after time. So, you know, when, when this came, he didn't all of a sudden start praying, correct? This was a lifestyle that he lived. Do we live in such a way that, <clears throat> that we commune with our Father? Like I said, we trouble, have trouble sometimes in our American culture to even pray. 
and to really intercede. But to live such a life that they could find no wrong in him. That he was so devoted to his, to his father God. I want to have a heart like Daniel. I want to have such a place in me that no one can find any fault if they, if they come and spend all day with me, all week with me. They don't see me being led by my emotions. They don't see me being led by this or that. They don't see me being led by trying to please man. They don't see me being led by all these things, but they see that I'm after the heart of my father. I want you guys to be able to go and work with me day in and day out and see that about me. And as I'm weighed from morning to night, what are you going to see in me? And I'm going to ask you this. If the same was for you, what are we going to see in you? We're all on the same scale. We're all on the same level. Where are we at? Is it worth it to us to love a Jesus this much? It's not about entertainment. It's not about this or that. It's truly about Christ Jesus. Then these men assembled and found Daniel praying and making supplication before his God. Then they came and spake before the king concerning the king's decree. And we know the rest of the story. He goes down. They throw him in the lion's den. And the king didn't want this to happen. He fasted. He didn't need to sleep all night. And when he went out, Daniel cried back to him. Over and over in Daniel's life, from being a young man, from what I understand about this time, he's in his 80s or so. And, you know, just think about that. You know, if we're, think about being 80 years old and he's over everything he's over and he doesn't have a car where they drive. He's got calluses on his feet. He, he, what they did in their culture, we have no idea. But to be 80 years old and still be dedicated to getting on your knees three times a day. And then there's a decree that says, we're going to kill you if you do this for 30 days. And he purposed in his heart as a young man that he would not be defiled by the Babylonian gods, but he would only serve one God. Can we purpose in our hearts to live such a life when we're in our 20s, 30s, 40s, and 50s? We can't even do that now. And this man's in his 80s. <clears throat> I'm just trying to get a visual picture in my head what that looks like. I know most 80-year-old men I see have a hard time kneeling down. Am I the only one that thinks that? Is it easy? I'm 40, 41, and sometimes I have a hard time getting on my knees and getting back up. <laughs> and, so, are we purposing in our heart to count the cost? Are we going to be obedient in the small things of our life? Are we willing to do 
what he's asking us to do. I was listening to this, this pastor preach his sermon yesterday, and he was talking about how we want to, uh, as, Christ, as this culture now, is to read our own Bible and preach to ourselves. But we're not willing to let someone else guide and direct us through leadership. He was talking about how there's leadership all the way up in the heavenly realms. If we can't submit to authority, I mean, how are we going to be a Daniel like this? So I think there's lots of areas in our lives we, we need to count the cost. We need, to, we need to say, are we willing to lay our lives down in such a way? Can we be this kind of a people? I don't want to fit into what everybody, the American culture. I want us to stand out as, as a body of Christ. I want people to look at this body of people and go, man, they already do. But I, look at how different they are. They look like Jesus. It's kind of like in the, in the fiery furnace. Three men went in there and there's like a fourth man, like the son of God. Wouldn't that be so cool? We live such a way in the fire of our lives that when we're supposed to react and respond to rescue ourselves and panic and be in fear and to go, even if he doesn't save us, we're going to worship him. Or a lot of times in our hearts, do we come across situation, do we really have that on our heart? No, no matter the outcome, are we still going to worship him? Are we still going to serve him? We're willing to sacrifice our lives to resurrect a godless people to experience the love of Jesus. It's going to take a people to count the cost and be willing to take it for the benefit of someone else. Can we burn with love? If y'all don't mind, I'm going to, I'm going to read this scripture in Luke 24 through 33. For I say unto you that none of those men which were Biden shall taste of my supper. And there went great multitudes with them. And he turned and said to them, If any man come to me, hate not his father and mother and wife and children and brethren and sister, yea, in his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. And whosoever doeth not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. For which of you intending to be a builder, build a tower, sitteth not down first and count the cost? whether he have sufficient to finish it. Lest happily after he has laid the foundation and is not able to finish it, all that behold it began to mock him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king going to war 
against another king, sitteth not down first, and consulteth whether he be able with ten thousand to meet him, cometh against him with twenty thousand. Or else, while the other is yet a great way off, he sinneth an ambassage, and desireth conditions of peace. So likewise, whoever he be of you that forsaketh not all that he hath, he cannot be my disciple. I'm not going to read these other scriptures. I just want to, I think y'all have heard my heart this morning. I just want us all to ask in ourselves, in our lives, in our circumstances. We're all going to have different circumstances. We're all going to have different places in our life, in our marriage, in our relationships, in our families, in our homes, in our workplaces. You know what that is for you. Are you willing in your marriage to burn for love for Jesus in such a way that when your husband or wife is not doing something they should, are you willing to lay your life down for them? Does that make sense? Are you willing to do it for your children? Are you willing in your workplace when everybody's being vulgar and living in such a way? Can, can we live in such a way that's going to draw men unto Christ Jesus? Are we going to burn for our love for him? And not be like everyone else. Let us be Daniels in our lifestyles, in our homes, in our places of work. Let us be a people that are going to weigh the cost and count the cost and be willing to step into it for the sake of the kingdom. Let us have a heart that burns for Jesus. If y'all just stand with me, I want to pray. Pray with us and we'll be dismissed. Father God, I just thank you, Father, for this morning. And I thank you that if there's anything that I've said that's not your heart, I ask that you remove it from anybody's minds. But if there's anything that was your heart, that's a call and encouragement to be who you called us to be, let that take root, sink in, grab a halt. Let us be, give us a heart, Father God. Not a heart to earn a position, not a heart to earn some anointing, not a heart to earn some ministry, but give us a heart of Jesus. Let us be a people like Daniel, that loves you so deeply, that praised you consistently and persevered in his prayer and intercessory time. Let us be a people, no matter what life wants to throw at us to come against us, that we stay a people of peace, that the fruits of the Spirit reside in us, we're not a people of emotion. We're not a people of self-edification. We're a, we're a, heart, a heartbeat of you, Jesus. Expose our hearts. Offend our minds and to expose our hearts so that we can see where we are and that we press into who you call us to be. 
Let us be that remnant. Father, I thank you for these people. I thank you, Father, for each one and how much they love you. And I thank you for giving us deeper encounters with you. That we, be, that we uh, receive a hunger from you that we've never had before. And that we burn for you like we never have before. And we choose to take the costly road that no one, everybody else, wants to step back from. Let us be a people of John 6 that partake of your blood and drink of your flesh. That Daniel purposed in his heart to drink of that and not of what was offered in this world. Let us be this kind of people. Father, we praise you and we thank you in Jesus' name.